0: not realize how goofy and corny I am, but yeah, I used to do that sort of thing a lot where uh, I used to preach at a youth group, and I would do, uh, back in the day, I don't know, you guys have seen Survivor Man and Man vs. Wild, so I would kind of like film my own things where I'd go out and like do winter camping or kayaking, or and I would just record sermons all the time, but hey, I figured... I mean, John the Baptist, he was preaching out in the wilderness, so what's the big deal? I, I figured it makes sense. So, uh, so the message there was, was this, um, that, yeah, God speaks to us, that God is interested in, in telling us what His plan is for our lives, all right? And, and I don't know if you realize this, but God does have a plan for your life, and not just in general, but also specific all right, where He has particular objectives, places, and, and people, and locations, and things for you to do, for you to live out. And, and it says it this way in Ephesians, that, that God has foreordained all of the good works that He has us called to do. So, like, he's, he's got a plan. And better than that, God is actually interested in letting us know what that plan is. And like I, I said in that video, is that I I mean, I believe, yes, God is a God that requires our faith. He's, he's glorified by that. It pleases Him when we believe in Him. That's what faith means, to believe in God and what He says. But... But God also gives us assurances. God will let us uh, kind of step out in confidence. He gives us reason to take those steps. It's not just a blind leap, as some people say. And that's what I was trying to cover there, is that, that early on as you're starting to seek God, He's going to show up to you in really plain and simple and bold ways, right? He's, he's going to want to show Himself evident to you, but eventually… As you grow up, He's going to want to be able to let us know His voice well enough that when He speaks softly, we would know it's Him and we'd know to obey it, that we'd understand Him that clearly, right? And the Bible talks about sometimes God will speak with a booming voice, right? When He was verifying and confirming who Jesus was, He spoke and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to Him. And then other times, like you see in the Old Testament with the prophet Elijah, where there's, you know, storms and earthquakes and fire, and God isn't in any of that, and God shows up and speaks with a still, small voice. So God wants us to be able to learn and know His voice. Like Jesus said, that quote in John was from Jesus, who is our good shepherd, right? Saying that, that the sheep will hear His voice, He knows His sheep, that we will follow Him. Right, so God is interested in, in letting us know His plan for our lives. He desires to share that with us. And, and some of that direction comes from general wisdom that He gives to all of us. And, and other of that direction will come at times with, with a verbal voice. or He might specifically direct your life, whether audibly or not, whether just in your heart, all right, whether through confirming, through you know, what other people are saying, and like you feel like, I think I need to do this, and someone else comes alongside and confirms that work that God is doing in you, All right, God, God is interested in speaking. And, and, and this church, in fact, wouldn't exist here today were it not for God speaking. If Ben and Tiffany Preston, the ones who started this church, that God spoke to them and said, Wilmington, Vermont… We wouldn't be here this morning if God didn't speak to them and give them clarity as far as where to go. All right, so, so we do believe in that, but we're going to learn today uh, some other ways that God chooses to lead us. All right, and in fact, we're continuing our series in Colossians, uh, which is a letter written by Paul to a church. And we're in chapter 3. If you're interested in the Bible, by the way, uh, just raise your hand and Denise Forey here will pass one out to you. You can keep it, by the way, take it home read it, enjoy it. It's our gift to you. And we're on page 844 of those versions of the Bible, Uh, but it's Colossians 3.15 is where we're at. But before I read that verse, as you guys are finding your place, the primary way that God leads uh, His children, the, the people that are already adopted into His family, is through His Holy Spirit. All right? And the Holy Spirit Actually, at the moment we're adopted, the the point when we become part of God's family, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a seal of our salvation, kind of like verification, like God is interested in your life, He has changed your life, He is at work in your life perpetually, even though you might not see too much change on the outside of an individual the moment that they, right, come into the family of God. But God's primary way of guiding us is through the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would come as, as a comforter and, and it would guide us, lead us into all truth. All right? So that's our primary means by which we are led. But let's read Colossians 3.15, and this is one of the ways that the Holy Spirit can lead us. And you might read this and think, I don't see anything about leading here at all, but let's, let's read it. It says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts— to which you were called indeed in one body, right? And be thankful. So we've already addressed in, in other passages the idea that we are called to be one as believers. The same oneness that Jesus had with the Father, he desires with us, and he desires us to have with one another. So we are called in one body. All right, we've already covered that. We're not going to talk about that today. The idea of and be thankful. Oddly enough, Colossians 3, 15, 16, and 17 all mention thankfulness. I don't know if those of you who have kids or been a teacher or something, you had to repeat yourself sometimes. That's what the Bible does as well when there's like something important for us to learn. But, so be thankful, all right? That's all I'm going to address on that today because I want to focus on this first part of the verse. Uh, and it says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. So God is interested in guiding us through peace. And and I realize that that verse it doesn't appear to say anything about guidance, but the thing is, the word rule, it's actually a Greek word. It only shows up once in the entire Bible, this particular version of the word rule, and it it means to be an arbiter over the games. All right, a modern analogy would be it means to be an umpire. Okay, so we are to let the peace of Christ act as an umpire in our hearts. So think about what an umpire does. An umpire tells you when you're safe and when you're out. Right? So the, the peace of Christ at work in us is going to, to lead us in that way, letting us know when, when the things we're about to do, the decisions we're making are, are good and, and godly and just positive decisions. And then versus when, like, you're losing that peace level and you're like, I don't think this is the right thing for me to do. Uh, So, I want to cover what I mean by letting the peace of Christ rule your hearts because I think that would be easy to misinterpret. And it doesn't mean making decisions of greatest safety or making decisions that are going to be the path of least resistance. so that's not what I mean by letting peace rule your hearts or peace help you make your decisions. It doesn't mean making decisions or doing things that will keep your heart rate at a minimal and keep you calm and like in a place of comfort, because in fact, there might be times that God calls you to do the most terrifying thing that you can think of, that God might call you to do something that you are absolutely afraid of, but yet in that moment, you have perfect peace in your heart. All right, we see that in the way that Jesus was when he and his disciples were crossing the Sea of Galilee. His huge storm comes up, and these experienced fishermen are like, we're dying, we're going to get killed in this, and water's coming on the boat, and Jesus is just like sleeping in the back of the boat, right? Like he, in the midst of the turmoil, had the peace of God in his heart. And in fact, that peace was so in his heart that he was able to, when they woke him up, Right? He was able to step out onto the bow and just say, peace be still, and he sent that peace from his heart to the storm and calmed the seas. So, in the midst of turmoil, we can still have peace. So, making our decisions by peace does not mean uh, to, to always make compromises, to try to maintain the peace in all of our relationships, okay? We are called and it's blessed to be a peacemaker, but we shouldn't be compromising our beliefs or our morality or the things that we know God says is right uh, just to kind of try to keep, you know, let's don't ruffle any feathers sort of thing, right? Like, we shouldn't just be like, oh, all these guys are going to the strip club for the bachelor party. I don't want to ruffle their feathers. I guess I'm just going to go along with them, right? Like, that would be no, no, you don't do that. So, uh, we don't make moral comp- compromises. Make, uh, being led by peace doesn't mean only making decisions that are pacifistic in nature. So, we shouldn't only be trying to ever make decisions that we're not going to, you know, cause a ruckus, you know, that we're not going to have any issues. And yes, we are called to, to turn the other cheek when we are attacked, but at times, I mean, the Bible talks about, like, God is a, a man of war, and He called His people to go out victoriously and, and conquer cities and and so there are times when you know we might have to be involved in situations like that, whether it's you know defending our family or our country or different things. So it doesn't mean that you have to be making decisions that are all you know peace-loving, pacifism sort of thing. If you believe that, that's fine though. Still, nonetheless, uh, it doesn't mean listening to your conscience. And I want to be careful there with that one because the Bible talks about, I believe it's 1 Timothy 4, that our conscience can be seared is what the Bible talks about. That that the the very nerve endings of, of when we start feeling whether something is right or wrong, the discomfort that we might feel on the inside about a certain behavior or action, we can actually grow numb to that feeling that uh, our conscience can be seared. So, I don't want to say uh, just, you know, follow your conscience because at times within our own culture, we can be so barraged by, right, right sex, violence, drugs, whatever, that, that our, our level of normalcy gets kind of to that and we just grow accustomed to it, right, where images of violence just were like, you know, don't even phase us or, or certain activities and behaviors, we no longer even feel like a, a slight twinge of any issue in our heart that this is not right, um, so so we have to be careful with that as well. Um, so what I'm talking about is letting the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. I'm talking about our relationship with Jesus. Are you in that moment at peace with Jesus? Right? Are 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 the actions and the things that you're doing or saying? in agreement with maintaining your relationship with Jesus. So, that's what I'm referring to. So, so, this might not even make sense because chances are there's some of us that have never experienced this peace of Christ in our hearts, right? I mean, prior to being a part of God's family, being adopted in freely through the salvation and forgiveness that He offers, right, we would never have experienced that peace. So, I encourage you, like you're always welcome to come, seek, ask questions. Uh, you're the reason why we're here if you're not a believer in Jesus, but, but find out, try to develop, get your heart right where it's in a place of peace with Jesus. Find out who He is and what He has for you. Uh, so, you need, you need to do that. Peace uh, for the believer might also be something like, sadly, I mean, even in my own life, I've gone months or maybe even years where I just no longer have that peace with God because I've been doing things my own way and I've learned to just kind of ignore that thing that the Holy Spirit keeps bringing up. And we can get into a place where we're just used to not having it, We're, you know, comfortable in living in that discomfort where we no longer kind of hear that still small voice that much. So it's, it's completely possible that maybe even a majority of us don't currently have that peace, kind of confirming the, the place we're at or the things we're doing, the relationships that we're in. Uh, so, so, first, we need to get that peace. Peace will serve as no guidance for us if we don't already have it so that we can then maintain it. So, so we need to, as believers, make sure we don't have any unrepentant sins in our lives, that we don't have any standing lies that we don't need to speak the truth about and, and you know, confess to someone. We don't have any secret sins that we're hiding from people that we're doing against them, that we would be honest with them, that we kind of like process through this because I'm telling you guys it is just the most joyful like god happy experience when you can live at peace with him right where you're just like when you know your records clear and you're just like I'm doing what I was asked to do I'm obedient to the father that you know I don't have these any any issues that I'm just putting on the back burner and ignoring that I'm doing the things that the holy spirit is telling me to do so uh, so we need to have a, a peace that we are obedient to what God has already asked us to do. Uh, because I know that, that oftentimes with big life decisions or whatever we're facing or like who we're going to date or who we're going to marry, where we're going to move, where we'll live, what job should I take, we'll start praying real seriously then like, oh God, which one should I pick? What should I do? Where should I go? And And oftentimes… God might be kind of quiet on those issues, and we're like, why is this? What's going on? And we have to almost inspect our hearts and our lives and go back, what is the last thing that God told me to do that I wasn't obedient about? Because sometimes God just gives us, like, a to-do list that's one item long. And, and like, until we get past that one thing, like, you know, like, that's why the, the Israelites, as they fled from Egypt, that's why they spent... 40 years just wandering the desert because they were just continuing to be tested in the area of mumbling and complaining and murmuring and not wanting to do what God wanted them to do. And He had better plans for them, but they just, let's keep walking around the same mountain, folks, right? Let's keep doing this until we can figure out this one thing. I can, you know, comfortably check that box that I've been obedient in that area, And we we need to have peace that the current situations and the decisions we're making are godly situations, that it's actually what God would want for us. It says this in Romans 14, 23, uh, just the last half of the verse. Go check out the whole chapter if you want. It addresses all sorts of other issues. But it has a principle here. It says that for whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. And what this basically means, faith once again just means believing God. If, if I'm planning on doing something and I don't have the belief that God would be happy about me doing it, it would be sin in my life, right? This is like a pretty high bar sort of thing. It's, it doesn't need to get into all the words and the types of behaviors and actions that we'd call sin. It's just like, no, this is kind of how it is. If you can't do it, while simultaneously believing that that is God's best for your life, then it's, it's not what He'd have for you. Uh, so, so if you've got plans for this coming weekend, like Saturday night's going to be awesome, right? But you can't confidently be like, I don't think God would be really thinking the same thing. I don't think God thinks Saturday night's going to be awesome if I'm doing what I'm planning on doing, right? Uh, that, then that would be sin. If if, uh, if you're currently in a relationship where it's like, I don't think God thinks this is awesome that I'm with this. You know, like, I can't, I don't, I can't believe that God is behind this current situation I'm in. Or, or I can't believe that this is God's best for me. I can't act on this by faith. Then it is sin. So, so it's kind of like a, a way to, to meter that in our lives and in our hearts. So, like, where are we being obedient? So having peace with Christ, having this peace of Christ rule in our hearts means that we are in a place with God that we are completely confident that we're in His will, that we're in the place that He'd have us be. Not that we haven't made mistakes or we don't regret some of the things we've done or that we haven't missed it in the past and like, man, if I'd done that, I would be here or whatever. But that, that right now, we've, we've remedied those situations as best we can. We've brought restitution to the people that we've failed as best we can. And, and that, that right now, like Smack dab in the will of God, and that's the coolest, happiest place to be. I actually read a quote this week about uh, it's safer to be in the midst of a war and a battlefield with the peace of God than it would be to be out of the will of God, hanging out on the beach, right? And I just thought that was an interesting thought. Like, and and fortunately, I know like uh, my mother in law has five daughters, and she's you know sometimes goes through worry or whatever, but she's like, as long as my kids are in the will of God, I'm. So happy, you know, and even if that means stuff that, you know, br- brings her family further from her, makes her sad, but she knows her kids are in the will of God and that, that brings her joy. So, so once you find that peace, all right, once you find this peace of God, and we're going to have an opportunity to do that today during the, the last two songs. We'll be able to get peace with God in our hearts. I mean, if you need to like, run out the door right now and figure that out, you can do that too. I wouldn't be offended. But, but once you find that peace, you need to keep it at all costs. Don't sacrifice that peace for anything because it is not worth it. It is not worth it. And that is how we will let the peace of Christ guide us is, is by letting it tell us how to act, how to live, what to say in, in that capacity. Now, there's a childhood game. I had no idea what the name of it was. Only one person recognized this name last gathering. But have you heard of the game Huckle Buckle Beanstalk? No? Okay, it's also called Hot Buttered Beans. Anyone? No? No? Uh, or how about this? Uh, Hunt the Thimble. That one might be more familiar. I guess it's got a bunch of names. Well, when I describe it, I think everyone will recognize it. It's the game where uh, you'll, you know, you'll have someone hide an object. Let's say it was like that water bottle. And, and then one person's hunting for it, and, and then the other per- people start giving them clues, right? So I'd start walking, and I'm looking for it, and they'd say, colder, cold, freezing. And then I'm like, oh, so it's not this way. And then warmer, warmer, hot, hot. And like, you know, it's, it's a proximity based uh, with temperature, Nomenclature on, you know, how close you are to the object you're seeking, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, hot and cold. Huckle, buckle, what did I call it? (laughs) Huckle, buckle, I don't know where they get these names. But uh, but that's how I kind of think about the peace of God guiding us, all right? Where I've got this peace of God in my heart and I'm protecting it. And then, all right, God, I think I'm going to, I think I need to do this. And, yep, warmer, warmer. And, like, you get hot, like, you feel. the peace is confirming and affirming the thing that you're doing, or other times it's like, nope, cold, or you're freezing, nope, nope, and like my peace level is just dropping, and I'm like, oh, I don't, I'm gonna slowly creep away from this direction, right? And and that's kind of how we can let the peace of God guide us, all right? And and when we do this, the decisions we make might make zero logical sense, all right? It, it might make us do things that are even at times, undesirable by plain perception. Uh, it, it might cause us to make decisions that are going to cause us uh, financial loss even. You know, it might be choosing a job of lesser pay or, or whatever. Uh, it might cause us to do something that appears completely foolish and is, is generally sacrificial and, and scary. But yet, in the midst of that, we can have that peace of God and that's acting as a guidance for us. So that's one of the ways that the Holy Spirit desires to lead us as believers. And I'm telling you guys, it is awesome. So, so if you're praying for direction in your life right now, or, or when you do, because we'll all come across some crossroads where we have to, uh, definitely seek the voice of God. All right? He does want to speak to us. He does want to lead us. But, but first start with the Word of God. Okay, the Bible, the the collection of the Scriptures, these manuscripts that were inspired by the Holy Spirit, we first start there because He has general wisdom that He's he's given to all of us that that should help give us some guidance. Because if, if I'm thinking that God wants me to go do something, but it contradicts what He already said, then it's not of God. It's it's that simple. Uh, So so it's it's valuable for me to know what he has already told us, right? What he has said. So, So God guides us at times through his word. In Psalm 119, it says this that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This is King David talking about how he feels about the word of God which at that time would have been far less than our Bible, uh, but since then we've gotten what he wrote there as well as additional scriptures in the Old Testament and the New. And, and he loved the Word of God because it's a lamp unto his feet, a light unto his path. Now let's think about both of those pieces uh, separately first. Uh, a, a lamp unto my feet would be something like, imagine going to a trailhead and there's a little kiosk or a sign that says, you are here. right? That's what a lamp unto my feet would be. It it tells me where I presently am. And a light unto my path would be like the rest of the map that's telling me, right, this is where I want to go. These are all the trails that lead there. So, the Word of God is not one of those things, but both of those things simultaneously. So, it's kind of like a GPS where it will tell you where you are right now, where you need to go, and then, you know, take these lefts, rights, and whatever to get there, right? And that's how the Word of God behaves for us. So, so you can use God's Word to reveal where we currently are. And if you're not yet a believer in Jesus, when you read the Bible, you might be like, this isn't working. This is making me feel bad about myself. What's going on? I thought the Bible was a good book. And the Bible might just be confirming and, and showing where you currently are in the case that without God, our own goodness is insufficient to meet God's expectations. All right, that we can't be good enough on our own. So like that, the Bible would be indicating like this is where I am and that, that I need something more and that's why the Bible would lead you right, to Jesus, the good news that he offers salvation for free, right? that his righteousness can be given to us and not as the result of our own works. Or if you're a believer, the Bible can build your faith. Right? Where you read it, it'll tell you where you are. It'll say that your position in Christ, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Right? It tells you who you are. You're adopted into God's family. right? That you can have boldness. That I can, I can go before His throne of grace. That I know who I am. I know where I am. But it'll also tell me it'll be a light to my path where it'll confirm where I need to go. Right? Or it'll tell me as a believer that you know these areas of your life you still need to sort out. You've got this sin issue that you need to confront. You need to do these things, and it'll expose that for us. So, God's Word reveals where we are and where we are going. Now, I'd like to point out that there is value in memorizing Scripture. Like, if you have a particular struggle you're going through, find some verses on it and memorize it. So when you face that temptation, like, you're ready. You can conquer it. But even if you don't do that, okay, even if you don't, you know, try to put some verses to memory, it's still helpful to read it because Jesus said this in John 14, Twenty-six about the Holy Spirit. He says that, uh, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So the Holy Spirit uh, brings things to our remembrance. So if I've never read it or listened to it or heard it preached, the Holy Spirit won't have material to really work with at times, because he can't bring something to remembrance if I didn't at some point read it or know it. So that, and what's cool about that is even if you've never memorized a scripture, even if you've just read it, at the opportune time, the Holy Spirit will actually bring it to your remembrance and you can speak. Jesus said that in other spots that, uh, to his disciples, that someday they'll call you before the court and right, they'll be trying to put you to death and don't worry about what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to say at that moment right? So, the Holy Spirit can do that sort of thing for us. So, so, the Bible is helpful for us in that capacity regarding, right, the Holy Spirit reminding us of the truth we need to know and how to live. Now, another thing, this might seem confusing at first, but God's law, right, His morality, His standard of lifestyle is also a way to give us guidance, all right? It says this in Proverbs 11, 3, that the integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. So, so God is interested in giving guidance to your life in a way that, that morality should help you figure out what the right thing to do is. Like I said earlier, he's not going to contradict himself and that his very law is for our benefit. All right, I know some people think like, God's just some mean guy that tries to not let us have any fun. But in reality, every law he gave is for our benefit. It's for our good. It says this, and I believe it's Psalms 80, chapter, verse 4, that, that God withholds no good thing from the righteous, right? God is like a parent excited for Christmas morning. He can't wait for you to, like, open the things that he has for you. He's, he loves giving his kids good things. So he's not trying to like hoard and hide and keep. He is a giving God and every good and perfect gift comes from him. So so God's law is like that. And the integrity of the upright guides them that as I learn God's standard of life, that it will help me walk through life and and in fact bring protection for my life. It'll keep me out of areas that are unsafe and unhelpful for me, okay? So, So if you... Now, this is tough, guys. If you're seeking direction from God, plan on obeying it. Plan on obeying it. And this is, this is the tough part. Sometimes we think like, you know, like a magic eight ball, like, you know, can I do this? And it's like, no. And then like, just, I'm going to just shake this again, see if I get a better answer out of it. And, and sometimes people think they can do that with God. Like, I'm going to, you know, all right, another roll of the dice. Come on, God, help me out here. Like, tell me something else. I didn't want to hear that one. Uh, you know, and, and we treat God that way, but, but when God tells us to do something, plan on obeying it, all right? And it's for our good that we do, because like I said, God's got this perfect plan for your life, a plan that when you die, if you walk in it, you would have no regrets about your life, all right? That plan doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be one that avoids struggle, all right, it might be a plan like some of the disciples where you might die someday because you believe in Jesus, that you, are, you die as a martyr, but that doesn't mean it's a bad plan. It's a plan that you would with joy on the day of your death look back and say, this was worth it. This is what my life needed to be about, and I agree with everything that God led me through. All right, so that's the sort of plan that, that God has for us. So plan on obeying it. And, and with regards to the integrity of the upright guiding them, don't just plan on obeying the thing that you want God to tell you about. Obey the things that He already has in His Word, right? I know sometimes we can be like, well, yeah, I believe in God, and I believe the Bible, but I don't want to let that get in between me and my sex life, right? Or I don't want to, like, I kind of want to go see Fifty Shades of Grey, and what, the Bible's going to tell me I can't? Like, what? You know, or, 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 you know, whatever relationships we're in, or, or, you know, a guy might think, like, I'm going to just keep watching pornography. The Bible's not going to tell me I can't do that. And that's harmful to them, and it's, it's not God's best for them, that, that we should allow God's morality to be able to interrupt our life to the point that we would obey it. Okay? So, obey God's Word, whatever it says, whether He speaks it to you individually or He spoke it generally, through the bible so we need to obey what he says and here's a couple thoughts about obedience delayed obedience is disobedience all right delayed obedience is disobedience partial obedience is disobedience all right so just plan on like just go all out and i know it's such a scary way to pray like god tell me what to do and i will do it that is scary because you don't, like everyone, the classic example is, what if God calls me to be a missionary in Africa, right? Like, everyone's scared of that. But I'm telling you guys, you won't regret living for God. It is absolutely worth it. Yeah. I, that look, Jesus, I believe that's accurate. Yeah, that's right there. Man, there you go. You got it. Jasmine, good job. Good job. So uh, so it's important that we we obey God, all right? It's better to obey Him now than to, like, you know, not do it and then repent later. It'll end up at a worse off situation. And it's, we see stories like that all throughout the Bible. And just so you guys know, like Jasmine just said, there are great rewards to obeying God, both in this life and in the one to come, all right? So I know, like, we all, we want, like, God to tell us the next step, but let's just, Let's just plan on obeying it. I mean, it's not a hard concept, but it's hard to apply. So let's do that. Let's have the, uh, the worship team come on up, if you guys can. And uh, so in response to this, get peace with God today, guys. Like, I really encourage you, if you have yet to experience that or if you've strayed from it for a while, get it at all costs. Get that peace with God. So whatever that means for you, do it, all right? So take these these next couple songs to do that, and it's absolutely worth it. Uh, after the couple songs, we'll also have an opportunity to give, and, and we give because we believe in, in what God's doing, all right? I'm not going to tell you what amount to give or whatever or when to give and who to give to, uh, but we obey the Holy Spirit, we, and actually that's one of the things the Bible says is that the Holy Spirit will tell you what to give, so that's cool. So obey god in that area and after all it is it's his money anyway and i'd tell you like as far as keeping peace with god there are times when like i'm just like i think god wants me to like cut that person a check like right now and i've just gotten to the point where it's like okay like and i just do it and it's awesome to be able to live that way because then you have that peace that right financially and the rest of your life is all in order you're in, in the right place with god and that when like i don't know how i'm gonna pay this bill but i've got peace either i'm gonna get rid of the thing that bill was for or god's gonna provide for it and it's awesome right and you can just have complete confidence we're also gonna we're gonna worship god today right because he's worthy of our praise he's such a good god right he's given us all things in addition to his best which was his son jesus Right? And he gives us the opportunity to have a relationship with him. So that's why you'll see us singing. You'll, you'll see us raising our hands. It's okay to shout. It's okay to dance. It's okay to kneel down. All right? Just worship God. Enjoy his presence. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that uh, you have an amazing plan. That God, even when it looked the worst the day Jesus died on the cross, that you had a plan through that and for us. We ask, God, that you would lead us, that you would speak to us, that, Holy Spirit, you would point out the areas of our lives that we need to continue to grow, to become more and more like you. Lord Jesus, we know that you said to, to, to take up our cross and follow you. So, God, we choose obedience to you today, even when it is of of great cost to us we choose to obey you. So help us, equip us to walk that path. Empower us to do the things you've already called us uniquely to do. Be glorified in us today. In Jesus' name.